Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, Mark, my co-host, how are you today? You know my name, sir, whatever of the round table, (laughs) Alan. See, I can do it, too. Yeah, that's fine. I am doing good. It's a sunny day. It's finally starting to warm up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we needed that. uh, The long, cold winter of, of... April? I don't know. I don't know what happened this year. February was like, get a tan month. And then all of a sudden, March and April were freaking cold. Was, well, and even May came out with a nut punch. Like, that was more much. cold than it should have been. Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, yeah. you know, we, we got that saying here in Indiana. Like, if you Yeah, May like, nut punch? No, no, not no. that one. That's, what, what is, that's what less is classic saying? than this one. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. <laughs> Waggity, maggity, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. It's true. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things. It's, a, it's also a truism, even if it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, cliche. It's a cliche. But you know what, Alan? A cliche is a cliche for a reason. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired today, Mark. I, I had a long week at work. and uh, But you know what? It's the weekend, and uh, we're recording on the weekend. And I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> you look a combination of happy. And then I think back to, remember that cartoon droopy dog? I do. <laughs> I do. That's just because I need fa- uh, plastic surgery. <laughs> it's when I lost all that weight, my face started doing this droopy dog thing. See it there? So yeah. Well, that's. But why thanks I, for pointing that out. That's why no, that's, I don't. This is an awkward. I don't bother with like portion control and stuff because I want to stay youthful for the rest that's of right. my extremely short life. Yeah. It, it, yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. Stupid. Like <laughs> before this, my face didn't have those little saggy things. Hey, we don't need to hear from you. From the peanut gut. Harvey. Oh, who's here today? Harvey's here today. Harvey's here today. Yeah, he's big grumble guts back there. He's not happy about it. Yeah. But he's not happy about much these days. I was going to say, I, I've i never known him to be happy about anything. It's sunny out. How can you... I'm, I, you know what? I'm not going to bother with you. He's got like one 30-watt bulb in the studio back there. Uh, you know, he doesn't like light. No, he's like a mole person. <laughs> he is like a mole person. You need to come out. Light makes things grow. It doesn't matter. No, okay. it does not matter. Hey, Mark, you know, speaking of uh, guests today, we've got one in the studio. Did you happen to notice? No. Well, who's our guest in the studio? It's uh, uh, Funko Pop 1151 Filibuster Leslie. Oh, my gosh. How do you like that? Ladies and gentlemen, you know, obviously you can only uh, hear us. We've teased yeah. you being viewers. We'll talk and about we, it, we know yeah. you're not viewers. Alan has actually got the Funko Pop in front of us. I do. It's yeah. very, very nice. I've got a little and bit jelly. of a collection. It's not it's not the world's biggest collection, but I don't know. What is that? 25 behind me there or something like that? Uh, all yeah. in? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I'd say all in, like all collected around uh, the, the, the the trophy room we have yeah. here of the yeah. Funko Pops. Yeah. yeah. And I got other Parks and Rec stuff. I don't collect a lot of stuff anymore, you know, because I don't have the disposable income I did as a young man. But, um, you know. Because uh, I got responsibilities now, Mark. Well, that was during the Depression. <laughs> you, you get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. you have God. some cool stuff, though. You have a, a poster from yeah. Charles Mulligan yeah. Steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. I met little Sebastian at the uh, Pawnee Harvest Festival. Yeah. Poster. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got this one. It's a live from Pawnee Recording Studios 2020. Yeah, yeah, established. I got that as a Christmas gift. That is very, very My wife nice. and daughter got that for me. Yep, Isn't yep. that awesome? Yeah. So, yeah, we got a little studio here. It's it's nice. It's a nice little setup, and it works for us. So, really, you know, the, our sound booth is really just a closet that Harvey hides in. Look, 
I, I don't think people expected much more, to be honest with you. But yeah, so anyway, I thought we would just have a, a new feature, Funko of the Week, uh, to do something with these fun little guys we got. Or, you know, we'll do it every other week or whenever I think of it. I don't know. Which is probably about once every nine weeks. So. I like I like the the approach of let's do this, but only when we think of it. But let's make it a regular. Feature. Today was easy though because yeah, today's episode, as yeah. a matter of fact, is season six, episode six, filibuster. There you where go. Where the uh, henceforth the uh, Funko Pop of uh, Bertheth, uh, or something like that. I don't speak old English or yeah, English. I, I I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's <laughs> a very distinct uh, uh, look for Leslie, which. Um, you know, we, we could describe, but we don't want to uh, spoil well, If anything. you've seen the episode, it looks just like what you would expect. She's in her roller skating with her sideways hat. She's got the little button on. 90s uh, attire. 90s attire. Yeah. Yeah. You know what her button says in the episode? <sighs> I should know this and I don't. What does it say? It's I heart N-K-T-O-B. Oh, yeah. Uh, the New, New, New York the uh, uh, on the... Uh, Kate, New York kids on the bias. All right, Funko Leslie, you've had your fun. Yeah, she's all done. We'll put Good her away. Lord. We should probably get into the meat of this episode, Mark. All right. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's why we're here. That's I why agree. the fan. That's what the fans clamor for. I'm all about giving the fans what they want. They they do clamor. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they want something, but they're clamoring. Yep. Hey, Mark. This episode first aired on November 14th of 2013. Yep. Uh, just literally 30 minutes before 6.7 recall vote. So they did a back-to-back this week. And and I, I like something that you've been doing recently, yeah. Alan, that you've kind of been going back in time. Yes. And saying, you know, back 10 years ago, nine and a half years ago-ish, if you were watching the Thursday night lineup, bum, 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 this is what you would see. These were the shows. And this is another example, if I'm not mistaken, of a of a back-to-back-to-back well, back to back, yes. uh, two episodes. Two backs. Yeah. yeah, two yeah. backs. The Beast with two backs. No, yeah. no, no. Sorry. Family show. But yeah, th- this so this went on one right after the other. And it's kind of interesting. I, I think that, in my opinion, it has a different feel when you have the momentum of the first leading you into the second. Well, especially when the episodes have a common theme. Yes. I wouldn't call them part one and part two in that sense. Yet... Part, the, the second episode recall vote wouldn't exactly be right without um, this episode right in front of it. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. They, they work together. I, uh, I actually read a couple old reviews about that. Um, what was interesting, though, and I know a lot of the people lamented who were fans and also, you know, reviewing the show at the time. Yeah, they've been off for four weeks at this point. Yeah. So, you know, they, they had a three week gap there. So I, I think, you know, in its place at eight o'clock had been the voice. And then the week of Halloween was right. the Saturday Night Live Halloween episode. Right. And then the voice again. And then finally they come back with a back to back episode. Right. So so there you have it. So that's what was going on in the fall, uh, almost winter of uh, 2013. That's right. Yeah. Ten, ten years ago. So nine and a half. Nine and a half. Whatever it takes, Bob. <laughs> Today's episode was directed by Morgan Sackett. This is his third of five total that Morgan directed. Uh, Morgan's a line producer and did so much for the show. And I think his his fingerprints are all over it everywhere from a comedy perspective, for sure, from what I've heard and read. Harris Whittles was the writer. This is uh, the late, great Harris Whittles. Very uh, funny. Yeah. Super funny. Just tragic. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm, I know he's missed by the people who work directly with him and yeah. by those of us who enjoyed his comedy. So uh, this was the sixth of eight. He ultimately was uh, handed the uh, the ultimate, you know, the, the pen uh, 
the, the golden pen. The golden pen. For, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah call that's what that. we call it. We're making stuff up today. Of course. Mark, you know, when you make up stuff, you, do you remember that, that show? Uh, I think it was called Not Necessarily the News. Yeah, they, they oh, yeah, it's a Rich Hall. Rich Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, not Brad Hall. No, who, who's married to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, Veep. Yeah, he's married to Veep. He's married to Veep. Yeah, this is this is uh, Rich Hall. Rich Hall. Yeah, his second his, cousin. His, his richer cousin. His richer cousin. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but anyway, at the time they had these is the 80s world and they had these things called Sniglets. Right. And Sniglets describe something, a word for something that commonly happens to all of us that does not yet exist. So Rich Hall would make up these words. It was fabulous. And I was just saying to you this morning, we need Sniglets back. That's right. That's right. I think Rich Hall defined it as any word that doesn't appear in the dictionary, comma, but should. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so. what was, uh, you had one that yeah. had to do with. Uh... Yeah. So ours was that I tend to like, uh, you know, I carry stuff around and every time I seem to be carrying any kind of food with silverware. The silverware, uh, I think because of gravity, Newton said something about that. I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah. 9.8 meters per second squared, something like that. It must land on the floor. Like it just, it will not, it doesn't like being on a plate. It must be on the floor. So uh, we were talking about this and I think uh, you, you helped me with this one. So in silverware, it's now silver there. Silver there because it's, it's on, on the, the floor. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a good one though. I yeah, I have a similar one because I uh, I don't want to frighten everyone with my great levels of uh, of uh, competence and stuff, and so I I just want to no be, worries. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was mean. It's, it's harsh, but 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 fair. Um, so I, I I you know I just want to be mediocre, so I don't get the spotlight. That's the best we can and, all do. And so I I always say I want to impress everyone with with being adequate. My my levels of adequatulence. Adequatulence. Yeah, I love it. Yep. We I think we'll have to put that in the show notes this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, somebody in this episode will rise to a certain new level of adequatulence. Hear that, Harvey? He does not. He's not he even listening. Doesn't like us. No, so. no. Thirty watt bulb. All right, Mark. It's about time. Why don't you get us into the synopses for this episode? All right, synopses incoming. I broke this down into. This was quite a chore. There's a lot going on in this episode. You, I just tell people you you typically take the lead on kind of saying, "Hey, we could have ten scenes. We could have four hundred and twelve. Yeah. This week was closer to the 412. Yeah, this was a lot. Um, and I, but, we but, probably could have done more, frankly. But but I, I tried to, uh, yeah, we probably could have. I tried to sculpt this into, I'm going to say, four uh, stories. All right. All right. We I can like agree that. on that. I All mean, right. yeah, the judges agree on that. Yeah. Harvey, thank you for fixing the soundboard. I know we were having problems with that. We, we were having some issues. It's all fixed. I think we even maybe have some new stuff today. All right. I, I know that, uh, Alan, uh, in weeks past, I've kind of sucked on ice with regards to my... Uh, my. Uh, Did you bring it today? My, my titles. Well, I don't, don't know if I brought it, but I may have... You may have left it in the car, but it's it's here <laughs> in the vicinity, so it's not quite as bad. All right. I still want you to bail me out, though, in case they, they I, suck. I think I'm ready. All right, let's all go. Right. So the A story I have is entitled... Filibuster move. I like it. Because the 90s and yeah. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. All right. Hey, bust a move. Reasoning the citizens from Eagleton will likely have Leslie's back in the recall election since she saved most of their jobs when the towns merged. Councilman Jam proposes a bill that only allows someone to vote in a Pawnee election if their ID lists 
an official Pawnee address. Leslie manages to get the bill tabled until after the election and carries out an early 90s birthday party for Ben at the roller skating rink. However, she finds out Jam is holding a special session in the council chamber to untable the bill and vote on it. Despite being dressed in skating gear, as per the Funko Pop, she decides to filibuster the session to prevent the vote, knowing that she is not allowed to stop at any time or receive help from anyone in attendance. Midway through her filibuster, Leslie begins to tire and falter. But at that moment, a crowd of citizens from former Eagleton entered the council chamber to support Leslie's attempt at, at preserving their voting rights, and she gets a second wind. What will happen? Will the Eagletonians prove to be a help or a hindrance to Leslie? Does Councilman Jam have any other dirty tricks up his sleeve? Can Leslie manage to successfully filibuster through the entire evening? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job on that uh, synopsis there. Uh, yeah, I know we're going to have several, so the, we'll get to the E's in a minute. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so the A story, I had the same A story. And uh, so I, I went back to my, my, you know, my go-to mark. I went back to song titles. Yes. Although you kind of almost did there for a second. Kind of. Uh, yeah, you know, young MC. Uh, mine is, and these are real songs by real artists. Mm. And when I did this this week, I'm like, oh my God, these are like spot freaking on. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So A story, Tom Petty, 1987, Stop Jamming Me. Oh, Nice. They just get better. That's I'm not perfect. joking. That's yeah. perfect. All right. Well done. Yeah. Way to show me up even when I try to bring it. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay. Wasn't my goal, but you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's adequate. Jones. It's adequate. So it's my, it's best. <laughs> my B story uh, I have as entitled, Unable to Bear Nadia Leaving. I like that. Not bad. That's pretty good. These are much, I'm just going to say flat out, these are much better this Look, week. Look, what I've learned is that if you take my performance and yeah. you put it on a graph, sure. I'm trending upward. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like an earthquake in between the ups, but yeah. Whatever. Like, don't, look, don't, don't count the bastard points. Fair enough. I just like saying the word bastard. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the B story. The unable kids to like it too. <laughs> unable to bear Nadia leaving. That's why I do it. All right. Tom and his new girlfriend, Nadia, Dr. Nadia Stasky attend Ben's birthday party at the roller skating rink, which we mentioned uh, in the A story. As they continue to bond, Tom desperately tries to impress Nadia as she is leaving for Rwanda in two days with Doctors Without Borders, and she could be gone a very long time, and Tom hopes that she likes him enough to contact him when she gets back to Indiana. As a going-away present, Nadia challenges Tom to win her a stuffed bear playing skee-ball. However, Anne also takes a liking to the bear, offers cash to buy it, and walks away with Tom's best chance to impress and woo Nadia. How will this turn out? Will Tom confront Anne about stealing Nadia's potential bear? Does Anne have any advice for Tom about how to make things work with Nadia? Can Nadia have a memorable night with Tom even without the bear? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. I like that. That's a good synopsis of that uh, that specific storyline. Yes. Mark, my, mine were in a slightly different order than yours, but we totally agree on which four stories. Oh, oh so, I see. Yeah, so yeah. So I had that as the, my C story, but that's fine. Gotcha. So uh, because we're talking about, you know, the, the teddy bear thing, uh, I was inspired by Elvis's 1957 hit, Teddy Bear. Aww. Which was also subtitled, Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear slash Don't Be Cruel. Aww. Yeah. 
Don't I be like, cruel and steal my teddy bear. Give it back. I like that. I paid $50. Yeah, 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 yeah. How else am I going to woo Nadia? That's right. Good Lord. That's a long <laughs> subtitle. I'm glad Elvis didn't go with that. No, though. he did not go with that one. Thank God. All right. So so I know that we kind of, our letters are off That's a okay. little bit, but we're kind of insane. We'll fix it in So post. I'll say my third story. There you go. Uh, I have as entitled, Ron Under the Gun. I like it. Meh. All right. I mean, not as good as the other two, but it's still pretty good. I'm still, I'm tre- I'm still trending upward. All right. <laughs> Ron is also attending Ben's party at the roller skating rink and notices Donna playing an arcade hunting game. Hmm. <laughs> Intrigued, he decides to give it a go. Is you know naturally sure. He's given his real life experience, he assumes it's going to be easy. Alas, this is not the case. He finds out it is not that simple and does poorly. Something Donna teases him about mercilessly. Infuriated and at his wit's end, he contemplates one way to save face with Donna. He gives up on the arcade game and takes Donna out to the woods to show her, quote, real hunting, where certainly his skills and natural ability will shine through. What will happen? Will Ron regain some pride by showing Donna some real hunting? Does Ron still want to go back and show that arcade game who's boss? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. So, Mark, my it was actually my D story. Like uh-huh. I, somehow I inserted a B story, you know, in, in the middle of all yours. But uh, so anyway, my third storyline there. Um, this is a song I was unfamiliar with by an artist, uh, I believe country artist, perhaps named Kevin Weldon. Mm. And this is the literal title of the song. I am not making this up. Pretty bad at hunting deer. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's spot on. Yeah. With a little like hunting, hunting. Yeah, I am much no too G. busy and important to, to pronunciate the G. That's right. God, so I, got I don't hunting. have that kind of time. Yeah. I got a podcast to do. You know, I didn't know. I'm not as familiar with country music as you are. So I thought maybe you were going to say that the title was Donna, Donna, please stop beating me at this hunting arcade game, which would be remarkable. Well, I read about this song and that was the original title. Wow. Crazy. You know, kids, the more you know, the more you grow. <laughs> That's so true. All right. So we're on to, uh, I think, number uh, story. The fourth story, four. whatever we're calling Wh- whatever it. Whatever letter yeah. it is. All right. Yeah. I have mine as entitled Andy Dwyer, the Chuck Norris of dumpster diving. I like that. Not bad. It's apropos. All right. Andy makes an unexpected surprise return to Pawnee to see April. Seeing as he only has 19 hours to spend with April before he has to go back to London, they decide to make the most of it and attend the birthday party Leslie is throwing for Ben at the roller skating rink. They have a great time, but finally it's time for Andy to go back. He gets in a taxi and he says goodbye, but then April catches Andy stopping the taxi down the street, getting out, and jumping into a dumpster instead. That's weird. Huh? How will this turn out? Why did Andy jump in? I almost said like Seinfeld. Why did Andy jump into the dumpster? (laughs) That's horrible. Is Is Andy having problems with his job in London? Can April give Andy any advice to make him feel better? Put on your helmet and don't get stuck. You won't believe how this one turns out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. And I think you owe Jerry Seinfeld an apology. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, uh, still Another apologize one. twice now. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So so uh, that, that would be your D story, my B story, Mark. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, because this is, you know, about Andy missing home, right? Right. So this song is 
So there were two actually that mm. fit really well. An artist I think we all know, perhaps Noah Khan, uh, who's toured here in Indiana quite a bit uh, from 2022. Cousin of Chaka? Yeah, like, uh, he, yeah, his cousin is Shaka. That's exactly right. Good God, I don't know if I can go on. Noah Khan's song, Homesick. Oh, yeah. But I also liked, I, it, was a, so it was a two-way tie, and this is what blew me away. This band is actually called The Hoosiers. I've never even heard of them. Wow. So 2007, Song for the Uncertain, Aww. which I thought was maybe a little more cerebral, but I like both of those. Yeah, it's a thinker is what it's that a thinker. is. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Nice job. Yeah, nice job to you as well. Hey, uh, what'd you get for your for your uh, what's that thing we call an AKA that? Yeah, yeah only also one. known as only one. We only do one because yeah. we do we're better than NBC. We're more descriptive and stuff. We used to take three stabs at it, you know, just to make sure we'd hit it. Nah, then we then it's too we got it, good. It's too many holes in it. Then we just got to take one. All right, so mine is by my man crush yeah. Ron Swanson when uh, he's not doing real well at the arcade game, you know, uh-huh. and he says. And Donna accuses him of being a, a sore loser. loser yeah. And he responds, <clears throat> and I quote, I am not a sore loser. It's just that I prefer to win. And when I don't, I get furious. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one, Mark. Hey, yeah. uh, look, uh, I'm going to put this up on the monitor there for you. Look at my AK there. Oh, did you just type that in now when I said it? I, I was typing as you wrote it. No, wow. of course not. You picked the same I picked one. I picked the exact same one. Bing! I mean, it's such a good line. It is. It really is. It's a little is. long for a t-shirt, but it's a perfect, uh, it's the perfect sentiment. I'll just say that. Yeah. 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 It, it fits. Not only does it fit Ron pretty well, I think it might fit us <laughs> pretty well too. Well, so. and, and philosophically, it, it shows that you can view something from two different perspectives. No, I'm in All fact, right, not, a, not a sore loser. I just prefer to win. And when I don't, I get furious. I, I, I think it's fair. I do too. And, and, you know, my, my mom used to tell this story to my daughter about me apparently, you know, flipping over the Monopoly board because I lost or uh-huh. whatever. I think she saw it on TV. It never happened in IRL, right? It just did not. But my daughter believes it's true. So I, this expression is perfect for me. I'll just start saying it. Well, you know, Ellen, I think I've read history is determined by those who write it. Yeah. Thanks, mom. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't even yell at her anymore. She's not here anymore. So, yeah, I miss mom. But you know what? I don't miss her lies. Well, her evil lies. Yeah, there, 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 there is that aspect that makes me angry. Yeah, weird, huh? It's like I'm in a a catch twenty two. One of those things. Well, why don't we start therapy and then go on with the rest of the episode? (laughs) Where is Doctor Richard Nygaard when you need him? (laughs) Oh, Uh, hey, Mark, kick us off with the breakdown. I'm gonna. Okay. Uh, So we start with the cold open, as always, and we start off at uh, City Hall in the bullpen where we see April at her desk ready, getting ready to Skype long distance with Andy. Hey, Harvey, start us off right, buddy. Play this clip, please. Thanks. Are you getting ready for your nightly Skype date with Andy in London? You look lovely. I'm going to murder you a thousand times. (laughs) Okay. Oh, (laughs) jeez. What the hell? Someone's back from London. No, it's not the Queen. Someone's back from London. It's not Mr. Bean. Oh my it's not the royal baby. I think his name is Jeff. Stop singing, kiss me. <laughs> oh my God, what are you doing here? I just missed you so bad, honey. I bought myself a ticket home. You're never gonna need that computer again. <laughs> I'm home for like 19 hours. This is so sweet. 
Just like the old days. <laughs> take a hike, Jerry. It's Larry now. Okay, take a hike, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Looks like Larry, uh, the, the name Larry is yeah, sticking. It is sticking. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to work for him this time. Even Jerry corrects Andy. Is like, I don't want to admit it, but you know, I've had to change my birth certificate and everything. It's it's Larry now. My goodness. Yep. Poor guy. Yep. That's a pretty short cold open. Uh, relatively speaking, I would agree. It's it's one of the shorter ones. I yeah. think it was about forty seven seconds. Yeah, that, yeah, that's thematically a thing this week, but we might get into that later. Yep. So. Well, Mark, we kick off the main episode in the city council antechamber where Councilman Jeremy Jam is being 100 percent upfront about his desire to drop a bill 949C shaped jam Hike. directly in Leslie's path. Yeah, that jam, you numbskull. He'll jam anything. That's what I know about him. Oh, man. He'll jam jam. Yeah, he'll give it the raspberry. Wow. Hold on. Slow clap that. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. None of that silliness. All right. <clears throat> we now cut to council chambers where Councilman Jam introduces his new bill, only allowing someone to vote in upon the election, <clears throat> such as the upcoming recall election. Weird. If their ID lists an official Pawnee address. Leslie recognizes this as an obvious ploy to weaken her position as Eagletonians will likely view Leslie favorably since she saved a lot of their jobs. In response, Leslie moves that they table the bill until after the recall election, which is seconded by Councilman Hauser. Woof. Bullet dodged, Alan. I think so. I'm going to say something about that later because uh. of Robert's Rules of Order. But Jam, this he's been up to this for a minute, apparently, because last week he tried to get her listed on the ballot as Le Leslie Buffface Hitler the Fourth. Yeah. So uh, I guess that didn't work. So that's a great name, though. It really be, is. Be a great band name. It, 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 I got one of those later, too. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Well, Mark, Leslie is obviously upset and she shares this with Ben in her office as they prepare for a birthday party for Ben that would otherwise be fully appropriate for an 11 year old girl uh, or boy, for that matter. But Mark, that is if it weren't for the associated girls on skate kink. But, you know, hey, we're not here to kink shame today. Look. I don't judge worth nothing. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we cut to Leslie's office and Leslie's venting to Ben, you know, I'm yeah. despite her. I mean, I guess I'd call that a small victory yeah. in, in council chambers. Give me now. those votes. Leslie is still rather cheesed at Councilman Jam for attempting something like that. He he really cheeses her mustard. Um, <laughs> God, now I'm hungry. Ben sympathizes with the mustard cheesing thing. Yeah. But changes the topic because dot, dot, dot. He is very excited about this dream birthday party that Leslie is throwing for him that night, a roller skating bash with an early 90s theme. Perfect. So we knew that Ben loved the early 90s. I think yeah. they had established that several times before. I actually like the early 90s. I didn't during them, but I do now. Yeah, now it's yeah. great looking back. That's right. Uh, but we also learn here that Ben has <clears throat> a, a thing. Yeah, just uh, call it a thing. For That's women best. in skates. He likes women in skates. A lot. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. That's a good way to say it. Well, as Leslie and Ben prepare to leave, portions of the gang are already showing up at the local Skaterama. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we know the name of this place, so I'm going to call Skaterama. it Skaterama. Skaterama. Yeah. Pawnee Skaterama. And we get a very helpful comparison between the 1990s and the 1690s. And it, Mark, it's shocking how much hasn't changed. <laughs> 
we now cut to the skaterama and the very start of Ben's party at the skating rink. And as you mentioned, Alan, the gang is starting to assemble there. And we see immediately um, Tom and Andy and April and Anne and Donna all present. And they're all dressed in 90s clothing, except, as you had mentioned, um, April has taken a liberty, so to speak, to dress in uh, clothing from the <laughs> 1690s. Yes, She's yes. dressed as a pilgrim. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then and Andy's wearing a Pacers jersey. Yeah. 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 Um, and we hear um, I'm going to be by the Proclaimers 500 miles playing in the background, which Love is it. apropos. Right. And, and we also see a lot of I, I had to pause this at several moments so I could see all the cleverly themed uh, decorations and puns. So, like, here's a list of the ones I have. I, I have, uh, you know, I would walk 500 miles to Ben's birthday. I have Ben Thugs and Harmony. Love it. Um, I have a few good Bens. You can't handle this birthday party. Classic. Um, I have uh, four weddings in Ben's birthday. That's good. <laughs> and then my favorite, Wyatt Ben Can't Jump. <laughs> it's like his name was made for that pun. It was really good, yes. So anyway, congrats to the writers. That's very impressive. So yeah, we then see uh, Nadia, the uh, super hot doctor, arrive. And Tom tells us via Talking Head that the two of them have been hanging out for the last week. And it's been awesome. Although Tom does grumble to Nadia that it sucks that she is soon leaving for Rwanda. In response, Nadia playfully challenges Tom to play skee-ball and win her a huge stuffed bear as a going-away present. And Tom accepts the challenge. I like it. Yeah. Mark, I'll tell you what, I there there's a vibe going on between Tom and Nadia, right? Um, hard to believe. But beyond that, I like it. And yeah. I, I like their banter. And I, I like Tom in this episode. I, I do, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Well, off the rank and across the way, Donna seems to be mastering an electronic version of one of Ron's favorite pastimes. And I, no, I'm not talking about burying precious metals. <laughs> That's right. So we're still at the skating rink. And, and, you know, we saw several of the gang initially in the last scene. Well, we now see that Ron is also there and and we see him walking up to Donna uh, and, 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 and Ron glances up and notices that she is playing some sort of deer hunting video game. Dude, this sounds right up his alley. Sure. Hey, Harvey, play the clip, please. Is this a hunting game? Yeah, it's fine. You want to play? Indeed, I do. <laughs> if you'd like, I could offer you some pointers. Oh, dear. Hunting, Donna, is about silence, balance, and patience. Get ready. Oh. Hey, you know you're supposed to hit the deer, right? <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. Get it together, Swanson. Well, the game is absurd. This gun is lightweight, there's no sight, and we are far too close to these deer. Would they not smell us? <laughs> I want my money back. How do I get my quarters? Oh, my God, you are such a sore loser. I am not a sore loser. It's just that I prefer to win, and when I don't, I get furious. Employee! <laughs> He's mad. <laughs> Employee! Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, he not so good at that game so far. It, it seemed like for a second he was mansplaining to Donna. He the, the was mansplaining before Although, the word existed. I, I, I think I could give him credibility if it was actual hunting, but but this is like you know yeah, come on, dude. 
why you would think you just because you've done it in the real world, you could walk up and master it at a video game. I'm just that makes me curious. Yeah, I assume that all the time and I'm wrong each time. <laughs> every single every single time. time. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mark, briefly back at the rink, we check in with the Pilgrim and the Pacer and learn a little bit about Andy's job in London, along with his more unique karate chopping skills. That's right. I think we're, we're still at the skating rink. Yeah. That's right. And uh, we see April and Andy skating together and enjoying each other's company. And April mentions that Andy hasn't said anything about London since she saw him and asks how it's going. And Andy tells her it's going great. And then they make out some more. And there's some Chuck Norris stuff with his tongue. And uh, anyway, yeah, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, he makes an analogy to Chuck Norris. <laughs> and she says, that now be the Chuck Norris I'm making out with me. That's right. I'll karate punch your face with my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> LOL yeah, and yuck. I'm getting nauseous. Yeah. Well, back at City Hall, Leslie and Ben are practicing their forthcoming couples dance at the skating rink. But before they can go... Leslie learns she is getting jammed without her knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It, they're, they're forthcoming. It might even be fifth coming. I haven't counted. <laughs> but yeah, we're back at City Hall at this point, and we see Leslie and Ben in the hallway. They're dressed in 90s clothing and roller skates, and they're getting ready to take off for the party. Unfortunately, before they can leave, a worried-looking Chris comes running up and tells Leslie, I'm sorry, but we have a problem. His name is Jeremy Jam." And we then cut to council chambers where we see Jam once more talking to the council about his bill. Hey, Harvey, play this clip, please. As noted in Article whoa, 9, Whoa, 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 Jam, I thought this bill was tabled. Yes, and I called a special session and untabled it. Duh. What is up with the roller skates? I was about to attend a roller skating birthday party for my husband, but this is more important. Yeah, I don't care. I'm a Blades guy. Point of order. <laughs> the councilwoman wishes to speak on this issue. Will the councilwoman yield her time so we can vote on this sucker? No, I will not yield. Nor will I yield for the rest of the evening. A filibuster? Are you duking on my chest right now? <laughs> no, gross. And yes, it's a filibuster, okay? I am not willing to let you deprive me. She is filibustering on roller skates. She's going to be strapped into those things for hours. Look at Ben. I know this is a dire situation, <laughs> but I swear to God, this is like a crazy sex fantasy for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, while Leslie <laughs> is preparing to begin her filibuster, oh we briefly bounce back to the arcade at the Skatorama and get a look at Tom's mad skee-ball skills or he's mad about not having any skee-ball skills. I was very confused here, Mark. Yeah, that might be a little more like it. Yeah, we're back at the skating rink now, the Skatorama, and we see Tom uh, desperately trying to win Nadia, the giant bear that she mentioned previously, but there is a problem. It turns out, despite his initial bravado, he sucks at skee-ball. <laughs> so he asks Nadia to be his lookout. So he can climb up on the ramp and put the balls directly in the hole so he can get hey, the, real, the high score and get the tickets, you know, and Nadia, he needs 40,000 of them. He needs 40,000 of them. Uh, it's a lot. That's a lot of tickets. It's a lot. So just like to cut this down for people so you can understand that massive number. Yeah. If one person needed to have enough tickets to buy the bear, it would be 40,000. That's just, correct. Just to cut through the haze. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so he says to Nadia, be my lookout because I'm a cheat. I'm going to get up on the ramp and just yeah. put him directly in the she's high like, oh, yeah, score, the yeah. high score holes. And yeah. she's like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And then so Nadia agrees and, and Tom climbs up on the ramp and starting to do the thing there. And then Nadia yells, hey, hey, is he allowed to do that? And, and the attendant, who if you notice, is none other than Morris Lurpus. It's a Lurpus. Lousy with Lurpuses we, we here. Are, yes. 
and Morris goes, hey, Tom, knock it off. Get off of that ramp. And, and apparently, <laughs> instead of being Tom's lookout, Nadia thought it would be funnier to just watch Tom get busted. I like Nadia. I do, too. Yeah. Well, back at the council chambers, the filibuster is underway, and we and Leslie learn the rules of filibuster parlay the hard way. Yeah, we now cut back to council chambers where uh, Leslie is starting to filibuster move, and uh, she's starting to start the filibuster. She's rolling around on her skates, and Ben's drooling a little bit. And then, uh, you know, while he's drooling, Ben and Chris are seated in the audience, and Ben is reviewing the filibustering rules with Chris, which, which include the following. This particular special session ends at 11 p.m. Leslie has to talk the whole time. Leslie can't lean on anything for support. No one else can help her. Three strikes and she's done. When Leslie almost loses her balance, she sits down for a minute to take off her skates, which Ben hates. Um, <laughs> and, and, and while this is probably a good long-term strategic move because she's going to be on her feet for a while, yeah. Jam calls her out on it, giving her strike one. And then to emphasize this, he bangs a gong he happens to have there. Yeah, because he really loves Chinese crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nintendo, you name it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Well, back at the skating rink, the action continues in the Ron Donna e-hunting contest. And it turns out there is some unexpected competition for this teddy bear. That's right. We cut back to the skating rink where we see a couple of scenes play out. First, we see Anne walk by the prize booth, looks at the same giant bear that Tom is trying to win Nadia and recognizes it from her childhood. And then approaches Morris Lurpus, the uh, skating rink attendant, and asks how much the bear costs. Well, Morris says uh, the, the correct answer is 40,000 tickets. And Anne says, hey, how about we talk about this like I'm an adult and maybe I just give you $50? And Morris says, awesome <laughs> deal. And, and I don't, don't know tell how, his boss. I don't know how Tom is going to take this, though. This is, is not good news for him. So that's one scene. Next, we cut over to the hunting arcade game where Donna and Ron are finishing up what looks like a head-to-head -head, uh, competition round. And we see Donna has trounced Ron, 2,338 points to 355. Wow. When Ron threatens to physically destroy the machine, <laughs> did we mention he's not a good loser? He's not. Um, Donna tells him to chill out. It's not even real hunting. It's a game. Well, this gives Ron an idea, and he starts to leave, telling jo Donna to join him. It's like a gun-shaped light bulb went off in his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With not sound bing. effects. Exactly right. Well, meanwhile, we bounce over to Tref Cab, and April says goodbye to Andy again. Sadly, his 19 hours is up. Yep. Apparently, she to, will need that computer after all. He's about to turn back into a... A pump? Biscuit. Biscuit. I, I don't know what, what tea, London with people... With his tea. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> so, they do. Hey, so yeah. He's, a lump of sugar. It's biscuit time. Now it's time for Andy to go back to London. They're 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 outside the street there at Tref Cab. Uh, and they we see uh, uh, the residence formerly known as Burley's, that's April correct, and Andy's yes. house. Uh, and uh, that's where Ben used to live. And uh, we see April kissing Andy goodbye. And then Andy gets into the taxi and leaves. So this is kind of a sweet yeah. scene. And we see an April talking head with the taxi driving off down the street over her left shoulder. And yeah, as, April is, it, yeah. as April is telling us how proud she is of Andy over her shoulder, we see the taxi's red brake lights come on as it slows down and then it stops. And this kind of gets April's attention as she looks over her own shoulder and sees what we see now. Andy, huh, gets out of the taxi, closes the door, 
walks over to a dumpster and jumps in. <laughs> April looks at the camera one last time and says, what the hell? And starts running to the dumpster to, you know, see what's going on. I don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what's going on. Well, bouncing back to the skating rink briefly, Tom and Nadia learned that 40,000 tickets is not the only way to acquire the coveted grand prize. Yeah. There's at least three or four other ways. Yeah. Maybe we'll see some. Uh, so, yeah, we now cut back to the skating rink where Tom turns around from busily playing skee-ball and happens to see Anne walking around with the giant bear he's been trying to win, Nadia. Tom walks over and confronts her. I mean, as much as he ever can. Yeah. Uh, followed by Nadia, who is confused as to why Blossom has her bear. <laughs> no, which I thought that was why. funny. Anne's dressed as Blossom, by yeah, the way. Yeah, um, Anne tells them that she used to have this bear and she just bought it for 50 bucks. But don't tell Morris Lorpus's boss. Um, although she now understands Tom was trying to win it for Nadia. So, you know, sorry about that. Still trying to win over Nadia. Tom desperately tries to offer other uh, lesser uh, consolation prizes that he can buy with his meager amount of skee-ball tickets, <laughs> to which Nadia says, that's sweet, but you're basically offering me garbage. garbage. <laughs> Let's just skate. <laughs> Poor Tom. I know. He should have listened to her, though. Yeah. His, his talk, But you know what? His talking head kind of gives us a little bit of insight, you know. He says the bear is the only thing that was she was going to have to remember me when she's in Rwanda. And if I know anything about Rwanda, and I, and don't. I don't, I bet it's full of rich guys who will give her whatever she wants. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. I, maybe like, you know, uh, conflict diamond warlords or something like that, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only rich people there. Yeah, those warlords will buy, thing, buy her things. They will. Yeah. yeah. Well, we take a quick break from the arcade and the filibuster and join Rondana. That's why I'm calling them Rondana this Rana. episode. Rana. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's their shipping name. For some hunting IRL. With Earl? With Yeah, with Earl. Like, right. my name is Earl. Oh, right. No, no. This is IRL, like in real life, Mark. I'm just trying to beat a hunting video game. My name is Earl. All right. I would watch that show. The reboot. I Actually, I would too. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, right. So this is this is a short, and it's mostly a visual scene. Yeah, so we true. see Ron driving himself and Donna somewhere deep in a forest. They get out of the car. Ron hands Donna a real gun. He takes a bow for himself, and he quips, "Hunting, no quarters required." Yeah. Donna then asks if Ron has a license to hunt at night. They look at each other in silence for several seconds, and then they crack the hell up walking off together. <laughs> you know, I don't give a bleep. Yeah. <laughs> Roger, <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> Come on now. You know, I don't give a beep. Well, jumping back over to the council chambers, Jam finds a way to turn up the heat on Leslie, literally. And Leslie, in turn, finds a second wind with some unexpected help with from some new friends. That's right. We now cut back to council chambers where Leslie continues the filibuster. Although, as you mentioned, Alan, it seems to be really hot in there. Hey, Harvey, do the thing, man. Play the clip. As Ronald Reagan would say, Well, Mommy, I believe voting rights are important. Does anyone else think it's hot in here? These overalls are really starchy. Oh, yeah, maybe that's because I turned up the heat to 90 and, uh, oh, the knob broke off in <laughs> my hand. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, speaking of heat... We should discuss America's white-hot passion for voting rights and the men and women who help protect them, like the local city councilwoman who is starving and thinking about her husband's Reservoir Dog-themed birthday cake and wanting to eat it really oh, badly. Oh, no. Oh, this is not a good I sign. Of the 
Once she starts thinking about birthday cake, she's basically useless until she eats birthday cake. Democracy is not unlike a cake. It's layered, delicious, chocolate, and I want some. Okay, she's fading. Ben, we need to find a way to smuggle some mineral oil drops onto her tongue. Whoa, 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 excuse me. What the hell are you people doing here? We represent the citizens of former Eagleton. We're here to support Leslie Nope for preserving our voting rights. Thank you. Wow. We're all warriors of democracy. You know, it was the first mayor of Pawnee in 1817 who said all we have is the right to vote and the right to kill Indians without consequence. And I, I believe that <laughs> half of that statement is still true today. <laughs> all right, second win. Second win. Who's getting jammed now, Mark? Just well, saying. it could be, a, is that a counter jam? It's a counter jam. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, we jump back to the dumpster dive already in progress, and April tries to understand what the heck Andy's up to. We all are. Yeah, no joke. We now cut back to the dumpster by Tref Cab for <laughs> this is a really quick scene. Basically, April runs over to the dumpster, bangs on it, tells Andy to get out. Andy kind of pokes his head out of the gut. You ever see the first Star Wars movie? It's yeah. like the trash compactor monster. It is that, the it's, trash he kind of pokes monster. his little uh, Andy head out of the analogy. garbage and stuff. Yeah. And and he's covered in garbage. And he kind of looks around and they kind of looks over at April and goes, Hey, like like it's almost like she's visiting Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Like he goes, Oh, hey, what's going Wasn't on? Expecting like, you. I live here now, you know. And he goes, Hey, what's going on? And April says, Get out. We need to talk. Andy pauses. <laughs> About what? About what? <laughs> So clearly something is going on with Andy. I mean, he doesn't usually jump into random dumpsters like this. No, but he's good at it. Apparently he's very good. Yeah. At it. Yeah. I got to love the Pratt physical humor in this one. Well, that's, that's his star Lord shape. That's he, true. He, he is in good vault, shape at this point. That's a great those point. dumpsters. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, plus 60 pound Andy could have done that. I think he could not as well. I think that he could have like, tumble followed that's in, in, true. into there like my, he did with the skates oh, when he yeah, was at yeah, city yeah. hall yeah that's true but not like a clean jump like no that. it was a clean jump you're exactly right yeah well back at the ron swanson real life hunting experience it turns out that real hunting is definitely not the same as the video arcade version yeah we have another really really quick scene this time uh again deep somewhere in a in a pawnee forest um I mean, let's let's just let this scene speak for itself. Harvey, play the short clip, please. Fresh air, real weapons, an honest kill. There is no substitute for the real thing. You want to go back and play that video game, don't you? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> you know, at the, at the beginning of that, it, it's a little bit of a visual thing, you know, uh, it's it's nighttime and Rana and Rana, Ron, Donna yeah, and Rana are in the forest and Ron's evidently cooking their latest kill yeah. uh, over a campfire. Sure. Can't do and that with a video. It looks like they're drinking coffee uh, out of cups and, uh, you know, and then Ron's trying to put on a brave face there. And then you look over and he just is like sighing to himself. And that's when Donna is like, you want to go back yeah. there? It's like, she yes, can <laughs> he can't escape it. <laughs> he tried, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's not the same, apparently. Well, I think that he has something to prove. I think that's true. I mean, whether it makes sense or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely on it. Well, back at the special session, Chris and Ben learn a little bit about Eagleton's motivation. Leslie gets the gong again. 
And she also figures out that her new Eagletonian besties don't necessarily share the same exact vision of what's best for this council seat. Yeah, we, we cut to the hallway outside of council chambers where we see Ben, Chris, and the Eagleton group. Chris expresses his pleasant surprise at the Eagleton group putting aside their uh, you know former prejudices to support Leslie. Their leader, a tall gray-haired man named Glenn, accepted Chris's praise, but told him, he admitted to him, they weren't voting to keep Leslie. They are there to ensure Eagletonians can vote because, well, they want their own person on the city council. Alarmed at this news, Ben and Chris enter back into council chambers, realizing they need to get this information to Leslie somehow. Hey, Harvey, play the rest of this clip, please. Thank you. We stand on the side of Rosa Parks and Gandhi and Team Aniston. Yeah. One small vote for Pawnee is one giant leap of voting for mankind. Hey, hey, you're not allowed to receive help from the crowd. That's strike two. Hey, man, leave my gong alone. The reverb is the best part. If I save your right to vote, you're going to vote for someone from Eagleton? Hey, nope. Wrap it up. I'm not going to yield. I just I need some time to think. And because I must keep talking, I'm going to think out loud. OK, if Eagletonians vote for someone else, then it would be in my best interest to stop, right? So they can't vote. A dadoy yield. Or I keep going, because the right to vote is fundamental in any democracy. And go. this is bigger than me or anyone. I don't care if I lose. No one prevents people in my town from voting. Not on my watch. The filibuster is on! You know, Alan, I, I love that um, when, when Ben and Chris come back into council chambers, the first thing that Ben tries to do is he, he scrawls a note to Leslie, folds it in the shape of a paper airplane, yeah. and then tries to fly it. It just flops on the floor. It, like it goes like, one row into the audience. He, he gives up, takes the paper airplane, crumples it into a <laughs> ball, and then throws it at Leslie. And that's where Jam says, hey, you can't get that's help right. from, the, uh, from the outside. If Ben knows anything about failed airplanes. And he doesn't. Said, yeah, he doesn't. Uh, crumble it into a ball because that will work every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I can't say I haven't done the same. I also will say that Ben was looking at Leslie rather proud of her when, when she is. she made the and, call and of, we you know are what? too, right? It would be to my interest personally to just yeah. yield, but there's a bigger issue at hand, yeah. which is very true to who she is, right? At her core, I'm going to go for it. It is straight up Leslie. Yep. Yep. At her best. Well, meanwhile, we move down the street to JJ's with April and Andy, and it turns out that Andy wasn't actually looking for Lord Fancy Face's castle keys at the bottom of that dumpster. That's actually what I would have guessed. Yeah. Huh. It's weird. Yeah. We now cut to the often imitated but never duplicated haven known as JJ's Diner. Get some where, waffles. Some waffles. Where April and Andy are sitting in a booth, eating some food, and talking things out. And Andy admits to April that he's scared and confused about his big London job. He thinks he's in over his head. And April then lets Andy in on a little known secret. What's that? No one knows what they're doing. Huh. No one. Deep down, everyone is just faking it until they figure it out. And in April's words, you will too, Andy, because you are awesome and everyone else sucks. I like that. 
Yeah. I mean, Alan, you know, you and I know that that's true, right? Ed Foreman, fake it till you make it. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, and you can look at that and go, well, that's stupid. But in a way, I mean, you don't want to do it to the point that it's a lie, an ongoing lie. But everybody just needs that little boost in confidence sometimes to get to that next level for real. That's right. And that's what she's saying to Andy. Well, yeah, exactly. You can't let the smallest obstacle rattle you yeah. to the point where you simply never accomplish give up. anything. No, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Be like me. <laughs> wow. That's sad. We'll talk about that after. Don't be like me. Don't be like Mark. The more you know, the more you grow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, back in council chambers, the clock is ticking down and Leslie's getting close to her victory. But given this new information, she now has a tough decision to make. Yeah, we we cut back to council chambers and Leslie is T minus 30 minutes. So she's she's come a long way. Unfortunately, Leslie is now sweltering in the heat. Yeah, really, really suffering. All of a sudden we hear a loud machine whirring. Why is that? Jam brought a freaking blender uh. into council chambers and is making an ice-cold frozen margarita to tempt Leslie with. It is a very, very close call. She wants that marg. Want that marg. She wants that frozen marg. That marg. Come on, girl, get. But <laughs> at the last second, that's one of my favorite it parts. Was, yeah. At the last second, Leslie resists temptation, turns away from the delicious frozen marg, <laughs> And continues on with the filibuster with the crowd cheering in approval. Now I want votes. Yep. Oh, that was great. Well, as we wait to see if Leslie can make it through, we check in with Ron and Donna in the electric forest. And then Tom makes one last appeal in pursuit of Operation Rwandan Teddy Bear. The electric forest. I like you that. You like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we now cut back to the uh, Skatorama where a couple of short scenes unfold. First, we see Ron and Donna are now back albeit they're both covered with blood, um, with Ron <laughs> carrying two large bags full of quarters. Ron goes up to the hunting arcade game and says, I hope you've made peace with your God, small electronic deer. <laughs> he then inserts a quarter, grabs a gun, and with Donna looking on, starts going to work. We then pan over to where Tom is trying to get the bear from Anne, convinced that's the only way Nadia will remember him and then tells Tom what he obviously needs to hear. Specifically, bear or no bear, she clearly likes you. She's leaving in two days. You want her to remember you? Go spend time with her and do something memorable. Tom appreciates Anne's advice, although in sort of an annoying Tom way, and then scampers off to find Nadia. Well, Mark, we now jump back to Traff Cab once more, where in the pre-Uber days, Andy is loading himself into yet another taxi to the airport. Yep. Yep. Outside of Traff Cab, again, Andy is getting in a taxi, again. Although, this time for real. April kisses him, gives him a bag of bologna sandwiches in case he gets hungry on the way to the airport. It's an hour him. drive, in it, fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she uses... Uh, she uses cookies instead of bread oh, yeah. for the sandwich, which is brilliant. Um, April tells Andy she loves him. She watches the taxi drive off down the street for about 10 seconds. What? And then we see the taxi's red brake lights come on. The taxi slows down. The taxi stops. Andy gets out. Jumps into the exact same dumpster <laughs> as before. April runs up to Andy and says lovingly, 
What the hell? <laughs> Andy proudly pokes his head out, holds up his wallet, telling April, uh, aha, I left this in here earlier, and he was just trying to find it before returning to London. There you go. Yep. Oh, look, noodles. No, 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 no. Don't touch those. <laughs> oh, he's like a little kid. Well, we now return one final time to council chambers to see if Leslie can literally hold it together until the end of this session. Or will she get session jammed? <laughs> There's all sorts of jam in There's this. There's a jam. This is a jam fest. So, so we now cut back to council chambers where... I didn't realize our special effects budget had increased. Oh yeah, it's uh, we got to pay royalties on that. I, I know, I know. That's great. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's the uh, final countdown. Um, while Leslie has successfully resisted heat-based suffering and subsequent temptation, she now faces an even more nefarious opponent: her bladder. <laughs> Jam further torments Leslie by slowly pouring water from a pitcher. But Leslie yeah. holds it together. What a jerk Come weed. on. The crowd counts down. Five, four, three, two, one. She did it. <laughs> she did it. She, yep. she, she ended the filibuster session successfully. Session is adjourned. Councilman Hauser yep. bangs his gavel, declaring the session adjourned. Faces Jam with all pending matters tabled. He's celebrating for Ve for Le Leslie here. A little bit. I, I, think so. I think it's a combination of him appreciating what Leslie brings to the table and, and him being annoyed also... by Jam. Yes, because yeah. you remember before when he's like, hey, man, let off my... That's Councilman Hauser who grabs the gong because he's annoyed at yes. the reverb and yes, stuff. Yes, he is. Yeah, absolutely. I like Councilman Hauser. I do, too. He's the only one there worth a damn other than Leslie. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, Mark, I, I uh, almost w uh, titled this one, this little sub-sequence here, you know, uh, a UTJ, a urinary track jam. Oh, wow. <laughs> so many jams. There's so many jams, yes. Well, Mark, in this episode, we have another one of those multi-part kickers in which we sometimes see, and we get a chance to tie up all of our various storylines. We start with the teddy bear thruple. Band name, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we cut back to the skating rink where we see Nadia approaching Anne and her giant bear. Hey, Harvey, play this clip, please. Hey, Anne, can I talk to you for a second about Tom? Sure. You guys look like you're having fun. Yeah, no, I really like him. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think you're really cool, and the fact that Tom dated you makes me think he's a really good guy. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh, okay. What are the hell? No! Sorry, Ann, this is on you. You told us to make a memory. There's your money back. Let go. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> this is eight dollars. <laughs> Man, that was so much fun. Yeah. Together, we truly did steal a toy from your pregnant friend. <laughs> hey, can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. I know we just met like two weeks ago and whatever, but is there any chance maybe when you get back we can maybe? Ooh, clingy. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Of course I'll call you when I come back. Really? Yeah. Aw. Aw. So long, sucker! <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what? Oh, she stole the bear back. I love it. Well, next up, we jump back over for the final results of the Ron Donna Hunting Fest 2013 and learn who came out on top. That's right. That's right. 
we, we see nearly everybody is gone and the rink is getting ready to close at this point. It looks like, like we see yeah. people sweeping up. Well, I love out the guy the is sweeping off the mop on roller skates. Yeah. It never occurred to me that that's probably efficient. That's how you do. I love it. Yeah. And we see Donna and Ron still at the hunting game with Ron continuing to shoot at the deer and he's doing it and he's doing it. And Ron's like, come on, come on. And an electronic game voice. Now that's what I call shooting. He's got one of the high scores. So he finally broke into the top 10. So now he's going to enter his initials, but then he's like, well, no. Too much information. Privacy. But, you know, my <laughs> initials are private. And then Donna says, look, just so just let's do this. Do this, man. Just put any three letters. He considers and we see him fire <laughs> three times. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's so tickled i wasn't sure whether he was gonna put ass which is a classic of sure, course of course i thought he was just gonna put man man that's what i was expecting yeah too. yeah yeah that's so funny although i do like ass it's funnier yeah, yeah that's true uh man's true to form though yes well mark finally last but not least we learn more about leslie's bladder health and absolutely necessary and we also wrap up the a story with a toilet paper bow Oh, and an unexpected rain check for waffles. Or waffles. <laughs> waffles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, this is, I, I think, the hallway close to uh, or the ladies' room, I should say, close to Clearly, council chambers. Yeah. And uh, we see Leslie exiting the ladies' room. And, hey, Harvey, play us out, please, buddy. Thanks. Oh, my God, that was epic. I was peeing so freaking hard. It was like a jacuzzi jet. Or... Hi, Leslie. Hey, Ingrid. Uh -oh. I, I wasn't talking about the velocity of my pee because you are a very smart and classy lady. <laughs> ben, you remember Ingrid DeForest from the former Eagleton? Yeah, she was just telling me she's been nominated to run against you in the recall. Oh. Uh -huh. Wow. Buzzkill. I know you must hate me right now, Leslie, and, and that's justified, but I need to thank you for what you just did in there. Not the forceful urination, the filibuster. Right, yeah. It was incredibly courageous, and it was selfless. Yep. And if I do win... I'm going to have very big roller skates to fill. <laughs> Could I take you out for a celebratory plate of, I think you call them waffles? Wow, that is the best <laughs> offer you could ever make. But I had to miss my husband's birthday party for this, so I think I'll be spending the evening with him. A rain check, maybe. Please. I'm sorry your birthday party got all screwed up. Maybe I should put those roller skates back on. Well, you must be exhausted. We don't have to go to the party. Oh, we're not going to the party. Uh-oh. We're going home. Uh -oh. um, why would you need to put on roller skates? Uh -oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just... We're <laughs> just... Skates. <laughs> Fade to black. Like LOL it. and yuck. <laughs> but it's sweet in a way, right? I mean, you could say it's weird, but, you know, it's Ben and Leslie and we love them and it's sweet. So well, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't think that they've made it any secret that they love each other yep. and they have a very healthy sex life. Well, I mean, hey, good for them, right? Yeah. So, and, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's got their thing apparently and his escapes. A lot. A lot. I also yeah. liked uh, uh, Kristen Bell there as Ingrid yeah. DeForest. I mean, I at too. first we thought, okay, is this going to be kind of uh, like, like opposition? But, but yeah. actually it was very sweet. A She's final like, jam, if you will. 
she's like, thank you. You know, I know this sucks. Yeah. But I think she was genuine. Yeah. yeah. I do too, actually. And I think Leslie's, you could see it in Leslie's reaction that she was actually kind of touched by the big roller skates to fill a line. Right, right. right. Which was funny and also, I think, apropos for the moment. So, I agree. Yeah. Well, like you said, Mark, fade to black. Fade to black. So uh, let's take a quick break, uh, gather our notes. We'll come back and we'll finish this thing up. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you a fan of hunting? Do you like old-fashioned video games? If you answered yes to either of these questions, grab a pocket full of quarters and leave your orange vest at home. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Generally, I believe video games are for children and adults with no dignity or self-respect. However, I somewhat recently attended an acquaintance's birthday party at Ricky's Rock and Roll Bowl, which is, of course, also the home of my favorite restaurant in Pawnee. At this event, I was introduced to an electronic hunting game, complete with a day-glow orange plastic hunting rifle. Intrigued and assuming a child's level of skill to be required, I decided to give it a try. Unfortunately, I came away from the experience very disappointed based on my score of zero. I mean, come on. The small plastic gun is lightweight and has no sight. The electronic deer were too close to us and in real life would have certainly smelled us. And perhaps worst of all, the game cabinet was a combination of cheap wood and shoddy workmanship. In short, the game was an absurd waste of time, not to mention quarters. Having said that, and after some sleepless nights riddled with evasive E-deer, I do acknowledge there may be an audience for arcade hunting. With this in mind, and in an attempt to bring a realistic experience to the virtual market, I collaborated with Grizzle to design a brand new video game called Ron's Real Hunting. When you approach a Ron's Real Hunting arcade game, you can see the difference immediately. The cabinet is lovingly handcrafted with real mahogany wood and would serve as an attractive centerpiece in any home. The gun is made from an actual gun that has been retrofitted to fire pixels instead of bullets and has the appropriate weight and heft one associates with a real gun along with the functional sight the player can use to ensure the accuracy of their shots. Furthermore, to enhance the experience appropriately, the gun also has a realistic kickback. This can surprise some people if they are not expecting it. People like, for instance, my tiny employee Tom Haverford, who was unaware of this last fact and went flying across the room after firing a test shot. Finally, the game has been equipped with newly patented Swanson Co. Digisense, so the electronic deer can actually smell you lurking in the near distance, creating a more realistic and interactive hunting experience. So head down to Ricky's Rock and Roll Bowl, or your own local arcade, and when you play your next game of Ron's Real Hunting, pay special attention to the shadows. Legend has it that former Vice President Dick Cheney's avatar lurks in these virtual woods, just waiting to target the unobservant would-be hunter and keep you from tagging your buck, and is worth a thousand bonus points if you can duck in time and still nail your target. <clears throat> Thank you, and happy hunting. 
All right, everybody, we're back. Good. <laughs> Thank God, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were waiting that whole time. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsor today, by the way. Yeah. That was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to thank them later. So, hey, Mark, let's talk about our deleted scenes really quick because um, it will be really quick. 55 seconds, two yeah. scenes done. That has to be maybe the shortest collection of deleted scenes other than maybe a show None. not having them. Yeah. Well, and I felt like between the cold open and this, the, it was like short, short. Yeah. And then lots of short scenes. Yeah. And lots of them. So it's a little weird, like qu high quantity, low. Qu no, I don't know what I'm trying to say. A lot of short stuff. Well, That's yeah, it. I mean, as we counted the different scenes, there were uh, easily into the mid thirties. Yeah, and, and you and don't get that many without. And them being most short. might have like low to mid twenties. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. That's about so. What thirty percent more scenes than normal, probably. Something yeah, like that? it's like it's like a bonus size. Yeah, like with extra nougat. Yeah, but it's all shoved in the twenty one minutes. It's shoved. Yeah, yeah it got shoved in there. I think we have a, a one of them. Their uh, bonus episodes coming up soon. A commentary? Something. I don't know. I got to look at the DVDs again. Really? You're going to tease us with that? Which, by the way, get the DVDs and you can watch these deleted scenes on your own. Yes, we definitely recommend. Yeah. Hey, Mark, let's get into first tropes, fun facts, goose, and then uh, give the score and get out of here. All right. We've been at this for a minute. Today. Thank goodness. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't have a lot of firsts. I had... <laughs> I had none. I exactly zero because I was very uncreative. This so week. I have two times as many as that. Sweet. Plus two. Two times zero is zero. Yeah, but plus okay. two. Oh, I actually okay. have two. I said, this is the first time we learned that Ben's <clears throat> thing is women in skates. Okay, that's fair. That's a good one. Yeah, good observation. Yeah. yeah, a lot. And, and then the second one, I'm not 100% sure, but this may be the first ever Ron Donna story pairing. I think it is. I'll tell you what. It's not the first time they've had funny, good repartee and short scenes. It's the first time they've had a storyline together, though. That, that's how that's I meant to excellent. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure I would have coined Rondana before today. That's me too. Well done. Yeah, sir. right. Well done. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, what about tropes then? Uh, I, I got a few, maybe a more, double few. I got six. I don't know. How many did you get? About 20. Oh, There's well, a lot. You probably got all six of mine. Well, maybe. I have a, a PBJ when yeah. Andy tells Jerry uh, to take a hike. Larry. I also have something that I should have been saying all this time is I call it JGL, Gary, Jerry, Gary, Larry, because it's like the different yeah. names no, that he's got. That is such an obvious trope. We've never written it down. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, I had LWL, Lousy with Lurpuses. Yeah, I got that one. Morris Lurpus as mm -hmm. the skating rink attendant. I By have, the way, I got fun with names because anytime we have a Lurpus, I automatically yeah, have fun with names. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. I yeah. didn't have that, actually. Yeah. I always forget about that, but you're right. I had Over the Top Leslie for the birthday party that she threw Ben, which is sweet, yeah. but it's very it's Leslie still in nature. Her, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I... I think I'm wrong on this. I wrote down because I've been so used to doing this. I wrote down mugs to the camera. I don't know if I caught any. I'm now challenging myself on that. I think Holy that cow. I don't think I had any. I, I'm going to have to go back and look. I'm thinking I felt like maybe there was a Chris one, but I could be making that up completely. So maybe that's a first. No mugs to the camera. Well, it's not a first, but I mean, it's yeah, rare. Yeah, but it's like it's been first in a while. Right. Um, I have BLN, Ben Loves the 90s, yeah, that's um, which I think we established prior we to have, So yeah. it's not a yeah. first, but I'd yep. say it's a trope. I had the 90s as a trope. Nice. Um, I had the, <laughs> the Swanson Giggle. 
Um, RLH, Ron Loves Hunting. Yeah. SSA, Sweet Stupid Andy, oh, which yeah. we've missed for a few episodes we because had. freaking Star-Lord's been over there in London. I'll tell you what, I felt like you were in this game, too. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I had... Uh, one that you very smartly introduced as a trope during Article 2 when Patton Oswalt had our first one, Filibuster. Did I? Am I that smart? Yeah, you're right. That's a good catch. I did not uh, think of that one. Yeah, it's a good catch that you made that I'm just kind of springboarding off of. Hey, whatever it takes. Uh, I have YGJ. You got jammed, I think, not because he said those words, but because you and I came up with endless humorous variations that just made ourselves laugh. Urinary tract infection jam, uh, special session jam, retro jam, reverse jam. Jam jam. Counter jam. Counter jam. Uh, gong jam. Gong jam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a, just because it's such a, a, an iconic thing, I said JJ's Diner. Yeah. Uh, I said uh, CSL. Chris says literally. Which I'm bad about remarking on all the times he's actually it's done it. I, I yeah. forget it because yeah. he said that I think when he was like, "This is literally the most exciting thing I've ever seen," you know. Yeah. Um, and LLW Leslie likes waffles. Waffles. Yeah, I like that. That's all I had. I had a few more. Oh my! Um, okay, yeah, just different ones, and maybe you can disagree with any of these if you want to. I said uh, it's our second filibuster, so I'm going to call it a trope. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. do it. They do a filibuster thing. It's kind of like Community doing, uh, you know, uh, the, the the things there with the guns. We the, already uh, said that one. What the filibuster? Did you say filibuster? Yeah. Remember how we did the whole thing where you already introduced filibuster? Remember that whole thing oh, where we Pat talked Oswald. about that? Yeah, oh, that's weird. So anyway, <laughs> remember when Community did the thing with the gun with the, the paintball? Yeah. Yes. So it's like that. Yeah. So yes. I just I wanted to feel good about saying I had stuff today. So leave me alone. Uh, Leslie doesn't give up. I feel like that's a trope. Like in, we've probably said it, maybe we said it in different ways, but it's not exactly over the top, Leslie. It's not like you know, uh, annoying Leslie. It's like she doesn't give up. It's a good thing about Leslie. Yeah, she she wants to see it through. She does. Yeah. Uh, Jam hates Leslie. Yeah, I think we established yeah, that a couple that's a episodes good one. back. I, I did a new one this week, which we probably should have done in the past. Jam is offensive, and, and that's not a very creative way of saying it, but like. You know, I love Asian crap and, you know, just, yeah. it, just, it just today and, you know, 10 years later, it's, I'm even sure you could write some of the stuff he says, but you know, it's still funny at the time, I guess. Well, and I think like the, like during the Archie Bunker era, if you will, yeah, well, I, I true. think, I think that part of the, um, I don't want to say allure, but mm -hmm. you clearly have the idiot character, yeah. the one saying these offensive borderline yeah. offensive things yeah. which i would hope to some degree would diffuse it you know what it i mean does. And, and you know it's a little bit like some stereotypes uh you know they they get based on something and you latch onto that so i guess it's almost like a common language but you know it's it's better for jam to say it you know yes and and for us to re, you know uh think he's vile yes, right 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 you know we don't like him right uh the return of uh, tatiana masalani that's a trope. Yes. Okay. That Look, is I needed to feel like I did that, something. That is this such week. a trope. Yeah. You trope the hell out of that one. No, it's not a trope. But she's back <laughs> and we like her. Yes, we do. The last one, Leslie does impersonations. Now, because oh, yeah. not only in the deleted deep. scenes did she do a bunch of great ones, yeah. but uh, she's done them before. And in fact, it's the second time she's done The Cause, I think. Yeah, you may be so, right. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had there, Mark. How about you? 
Uh, uh, goofs? Any goofs? I had no goofs. I had three. Wow. So there are two continuity continuity errors pointed out by the the, the web people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna all kill us off. Hauser's jacket goes on and off during the you know bake out that jam causes with the ninety degree. Heat. Oh, so apparently if you pay attention, you know they didn't keep his jacket off consistently. You know, just a small continuity miss. Same thing with the the seats in the gallery for Ben and Chris. They kind of float around a little bit between some of the back and forth in an unusual way. Clearly filmed them in two different locations. Yeah, I could see that. Didn't edit it right. Here's my personal one. Hmm. So the the 90s, right? It's the 90s theme. And we've got the Proclaimers, you know, 500 Miles. Yeah. Not a 90s song. And I know this because I played it on a brand new CD when we were still playing vinyl at our college radio station in 1988. Now, it's only two years off. In 88? 1988. Wow. Yeah. I have that disc in this house somewhere. And uh, yeah, I, it's I didn't a realize record store that it was, demo. Uh, record. It was that early. It was 1988. Huh. Now, what's interesting about that song is it, it did not really even become popular until the 2000s. Yeah. So it's attributed as a 90s song, I guess, but it's a really late 80s. Right. Or 2000s if you go by when it got popular. That's fair. Right, right. Yeah. Good point. How about fun facts, Mark? Uh, I guess that was a little bit of a fun fact, I suppose. (laughs) I only had one, which is that uh, Chris was dressed like Rob Lowe's character from The Outsider, Soda Pop. That was terrific. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, there, there was one other that I can't quantify or qualify, I suppose is a better way to say it. Leslie's wearing Moxie brand roller skates, and she later made a movie called Moxie. Oh, that's fun. So that's a tie in there. Yeah. So, spelled differently, but still. Well, Mark, hey, let's get into our scores. I think it's time. All right. It's time. My co-MVPs. I did co-MVPs for this episode. Yeah, me too. I have Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer and Tatiana Maslany as Dr. Nadia Stasky. Interesting. Totally uh, wrong, but go ahead. Well, I, I thought that Amy Poehler did a great job with her filibuster routine, and I almost gave it to her. But I wanted to highlight two people that I thought really gave this episode an unexpected shot in the arm. So first of all, the return of Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. I mean, it's not exactly revolutionary because we're used to Andy's silliness on this show, but it was a great reminder of what he brings to the table and the sense of lovable lunacy he brings to the series. You know, just it was like I was just getting used to a new, quote, baseline for the series, one where Andy was not present. Mm. And then an episode like this comes along and reminds me what I've been missing. And, and seeing him and April together was a huge plus as well, as always. Um, yeah, Sweet Stupid Andy plays a, a role for sure. Yeah, yeah he, he, does. he sure does. Yeah. Um, and then also in the last episode, I talked about how despite the fact that I really liked Tatiana Maslany, I felt like she was a little wasted. Like, yeah, she had some funny moments in the other episode, but or some funny lines and she's got some serious chops, but they could have done so much more with her in the prior episode. Well, I feel like someone heard me because I thought she was great in this episode, yeah. not only as a foil and a love interest for Tom, but being genuinely funny in her own right. For I example, I love how when she and Tom collaborate to steal Anne's bear, Nadia breaks her hold on Anne, skates off and screams, suck it. <laughs> that just cracked me the hell up. Um, so those are my co-MVPs. Um, you know, as I was writing my notes for this episode, I nearly came to the conclusion that they spread themselves too thin with four stories, especially the one with Ron and Donna, 
that didn't have any chance at like a, a, mm-hmm. a long lasting uh, plot relevance. But I've got to tell you, based on how I feel about the episode, I thought they all did a great job. Yeah, like I came too. away from the episode not only feeling not feeling like why did they give us these flimsy stories, but instead I felt like we had a secret little bird's eye view into the goings on during one particular night in a little town called Pawnee. And I actually liked all four stories. Like I didn't think there was a stinker in the bunch, despite some of them being rather short in the nature of the number of scenes they got. I thought all of them were funny. I thought all of them were good. I enjoyed all of them. Um, I also got to say, I'm liking Jam more and more as a quote villain in this series. To me, he gives me uh, he gives me a Seinfeldian flashback to Newman. Like he's clearly a villain, but clearly ridiculous. And I get to the point where I enjoy him on screen almost as much as everybody else, like I did with Newman. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so enough of that silliness. I'm gonna jump right into the Mark rubric. Here we go. Um, I'm going to give it a base score of 4.5. I liked all four stories a lot. I didn't really think there was a stinker. Some of them were a little short, but I liked all of them. I'm going to give, um, a, for a great performance by episode co-MVP, Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer, half point. Okay. Great performance by guest star and episode co-MVP, Tatiana Maslany, half point. And I'm going to say a great performance even if not designated as co-MVP to Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, especially for all the filibuster scenes. I thought that she did a great job. Good call. I, st- I stand with my co-MVP uh, you know, uh, choices, but I want to call her out and also give a half point. I'm going to give, uh, I got the what I call my cheater combos here. I got what I call the deep bench combo, which I say is, Pretty good use of the deep comedic bench, something that I haven't given points to in a long time. Maybe a little light on Jerry, but from a plot perspective, that makes sense. And even Jerry had a few scenes, plus a nice list of guest stars. Tatiana Maslany, obviously, as Dr. Mm-hmm. Nadia Stasky, uh, Kristen Bell as Ingrid DeForest, John Glazer as Councilman Jam, Kevin Simons as Sexy Dexy Councilman Dexhart, James Green as the Venerable Councilman Milton, Yvonne's Jordan as Councilman Hauser, Joe Manda as the skating rink attendant Morris Lurpus, and I also had Craig Stepp, who is the the Eagleton leader, Glenn Fergiolio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so another ha- fun one name. Yes. Yeah. So half point for all that silliness, what I call the deep bench combo. I have the Ben's party combo, the great nineties references and puns, plus Ben revealing his love of women on skates. Plus I felt like the skating rink was a nice glue to hold together three of the four stories, yeah. or at least two of them. Yeah. It was like a nice base that they all came back to. Yeah. You know what I mean? One bled out occasionally, but yes, I agree with you. Uh, half point for the Ben's party combo. Uh, what I call the love combo, seeing Andy back with April, even if just for a single episode, <laughs> plus seeing how nicely Tom paired with Nadia, even if just for a single episode. Plus, Leslie and Ben practicing their synchronized couple skating routine. It's just, it's nice. So half point for the love combo. I got what I call the support combo. For the roles played by, this is the 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 Samwise to their Frodo combo also. You know, for the roles played by Ben and Chris and Anne and April, maybe not the quote central characters of those stories, but added great support to those who were. Half point for the support combo. 
I have what I call the 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 Rana combo, the Ron Donna combo. Yeah. Yep. So the the what my C story that I called it, you know, yeah. the C story initially looked like it might be a throwaway, and and, and at the That's very fair. least an odd pairing, but. It had the markings of a throwaway. But for yeah. as short as it was, I actually liked this story and I actually liked these two together. I did too. So half point for that. And finally, I have what I call, I didn't know what to call it. So I called it the personal slant combo. I like the way this episode felt. It was wacky without going too far. It was. It had interesting stories for the plot as well as the character interactions villains who despite us knowing that they are the bad guys are still enjoyable come on girl get get, get <laughs> and, that mark and, and and once again a real life springfieldian vibe which i know we've said before but it, it bears repeating yeah half point for my personal slant combo so you add up all those crazy mark points you get 9.0 little sebastian wow alan last week during our scoring i talked about how it felt like parks and rec while doing okay just kind of needed like a shot of adrenaline mm. to kind of break out of the what felt like the 7.5 yep. 8.0 yep. uh, yeah, a yeah. baseline that seemed to be growing i think in this episode for me it did just that so anyway alan that's my review rock that scuba nice job mark yeah so we're going to disagree on a couple things but not a lot so uh we do disagree on mvps my co-mvps were john glazer as councilman jeremy jam mm-hmm. and aziz ansari Really? Yes. Tell us why you're wrong. Uh, well, you tell me that this isn't Tom's best episode as Tom. And, and I'll tell you you're wrong because, you know, normally, you know, there's there's a great line in here. So Anne says to Tom, uh, you know, you know, she likes Nadia. How, how do you get a girl like her or a girl like me for that matter? Yeah. So, you know, I, they recognize the fact that you know, it's hard for us to suspend disbelief enough yeah. that, you know, Tom could get these girls. But honestly, the Tom that's in this episode, funny, charming, personable, but still Tom and the Tom ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, uh, he would get a shot with somebody out of his league, perhaps. Yeah. And so I didn't find it that unrealistic. And so I thought, one, well done for the writers. But two, I thought Aziz did a good job of playing that version of himself when we've seen so much of the pimping Tom and that kind of Tom that we really just don't like. So and I recognize we've probably never given him an MVP. And I thought of all the episodes, mm. this is the one where he deserves the credit so far. Hmm. So, okay. So there you go. So I gave him a co MVP with John. All right. I Mr. Jam. This uh, series version of Newman. It, it, that's true. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I love John Glazer. So um, I would say very good use of the bench, except maybe Jerry a little bit. And that's become pretty common again. And that's only possible in this case because Chris Pratt's back. I mean, if you, I won't say that it balanced out, but I would say. Everybody got a turn at the plate this week, which doesn't always happen, especially when you get as much of a, you know, in the A story, you get a lot of councilman jam, right? You had a lot of screen time, screen yeah. time or, and some scream time. As yeah, yeah. Fact. But um, with that, sometimes they, one of the things we lose out on is that good use of the bench. And here I didn't feel that. I mean, I think you made the point about the Ron Donna storyline looked like it was just going to be one of those kind of you know, two scenes and you're out throwaways. In fact, I'm pretty sure this episode's predecessor had that. Mm -hmm. This one did not. Like, maybe it would have been nice to have a little more of that. But what was on screen 
you know, when you write a book, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tell you write, us. yeah, you write lots of words and yeah. some of them are keepers and minor some are picture not. books, but go ahead. Sure. Whatever it takes. Yeah. The little, the little sketches like uh, caveman sketches with stick figures. That's all you need. That's all you need. You sell millions. But, but anyway, yeah, or, or tens, I sell tens of books. I sell ones of books. Ones yes. of books to myself mm-hmm. and my brother. It's like that one song. Anyway, I feel like, you know, there's just things that you can whittle it down and you tell the story with less time, less words, less interaction. And it's still a decent story. Yeah. I felt like that's what they did with the Ron and Donna storyline. Yeah. They were both in character. They were on point. They were true to themselves. And uh, it wasn't an un... um, I felt it was a feasible storyline. Yeah. Like this could happen in real life with these two characters. Well, I also thought it was a little bit of a nice break, I suppose, from, you know, in in the past two episodes, Ron had storylines where he was really struggling with his own personal slant on life. But then again, how it how maybe he needs to update how he does things or how he feels about. Yeah, Yeah. because he's a husband and a father now. Yeah. And this one was just a little bit more like. I like to hunt, yeah. which is also good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Took it took it down to brass tacks this week. Exactly. But, but you know, I like both Rons. I like both types of Ron stories. But I, in yeah, particular, I thought they did Western. a lot with a little in this one. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the only other thing I was going to mention, too, specifically about that storyline, I kind of forgot to mention it during Fun Facts. You know, uh, video game duck shooting, you know, goes way back, Mark. Um, you know, the very first game I can think of. What's the first game you can think of? Uh, for the original Nintendo, I think. Yeah, Duck, Duck Hunt. Yeah. yeah. 1984 for the NES. But there was actually one on Atari before that. The Qu- Atari 2600? The Atari yeah. VCS? It's called Quack. It goes all the way back to 1974. Quit. No, it's a real thing. It was originally a stand-up arcade game first, but it was one of the early cartridges on the 2600. So... Yeah. I've never heard of that. And I consider myself a little bit of an Atari 2600 cartridge aficionado. Yeah. I think if you could find either one, the cartridge or the stand-up game, that's a keeper. Wow. Because it just wasn't super popular. Nowhere near as popular as Duck Hunt, which, you know, I actually just found our shooting gun for. Like, Wow. And my, my NES is somewhere in a box. I know it is. So I'll have Interesting. to find it. I'm yeah. going to have to look that up. We'll have to have a Duck Hunt party. So Is that what we're going to have to do? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Does that involve a lot of alcohol too? Because then I'll come. I think it does. Okay. Then yeah. If you're going to do it right. Yeah. Brilliant. That was what was missing from the Rondana storyline. Oh, geez. Yeah. And crow. Can some, you even some imagine? Swanson mash. But thankfully, you know, you wouldn't want to do that and go real hunting. So good play. Well, you Strong also coffee over the fire. You also move. don't want to do that and go out in public. Like you don't want to get schnockered and go to a skating rink and be like, hey, little kids, get out of the way. Electronic deer get paid the price. That's true. Yeah. Um, final thoughts on the A story. I am. Um, I, I liked Leslie in this episode. You know, I see why you gave her a co part of your co MVP. I gave her a tip of the hat. Who were your MVPs? <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, Chris Pratt and Tatiana Maslany, but I wanted to give, let's say, let's call it honorable ah, mention. Ah, that's what you did. Yeah. yeah, I'll pay attention next time. Damn it, Harvey, take better notes. <laughs> um, Anyway, yeah, tip of the hat's appropriate. And I think she could have been up there. In fact, when I wrote down uh, John and Aziz this week, I thought, honestly, it could be a lot of people, right? I I agree. 
it was again, I think you see that when the storylines are semi well balanced. And I think you also see that in a similar sense when it when there's a good use of the deep comedic bench. When yep. everyone gets the yep. spotlight for a while, you could make the argument yep. for a number of people to get it. Yeah. And yeah. I think there was a hard choice this week. So so I enjoyed the Leslie storyline and um, I thought the repartee between her and Ben, uh, we kind of mentioned before with both very sweet and, um, you know, just fun, fun way to play out. You right. Know? And then, of course, she got to go up against her nemesis jam. She got support from Chris and Ben. So there was a lot going on in this episode that I really liked. Yeah. Um, I gave it an 8.5. And honestly, I, I was a little surprised when you gave it a nine. But because I think on paper, mechanically, this shouldn't have worked as well as it did. And yet it did. So I won't I won't rule out a nine. I think on a rewatch, I could get there. Um, it was one of those episodes I enjoyed more than I expected. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, Andy coming back, gave it a little oomph. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think it's weird to see skinny Andy though. Like it's hard to get used to. Right. Yeah. I mean, literally we just saw him and he was on his way down to skinny, like that, those early episodes in London, London one and two, yeah, part one and two, but he wasn't this skinny. And now he just like, there's nothing left of Andy. It's kind of sad. No, oh, he's just, he's buff. He's buff. Yeah. Buff Andy. Yeah. He's Star-Lord. He's not Andy. He's still stupid Andy though. Yeah. Which we love. Yes. Yeah. So. Which still is Star-Lord if you think about it. It is. Yeah. You've seen Guardians 3 yet? No, but I really want to. I will not tell you how many times we cried collectively, the three of us. Oh, that mean that doesn't mean don't go see it. It just means, damn you, Marvel. You, you found the the heartstring and you tugged on it and you threw in a bunch of comedy, too. So, wow. Well done. Yeah, I like that. So I think it's my favorite of the three. So. All right. Anyway, off topic, Mark. Get me back on topic. Yeah, well, back to manly stuff, Alan. Uh, I I think that your wow. your your score of uh, 8.5, 8.5. little Sebastian's it's wrong, but I I understand how you got Dang. there. Um, I don't disagree with yeah. with Tom. I I I like. I will agree with you here. I like this version of Tom. I think that this is maybe not the first time we've seen. No, it's not the grown first time. up charming Tom yeah. here, but I think that this is definitely one of the best examples of that. Here, here's the reason I liked it more this week than usual. In the past, when we would see it, he'd bounce right back to Pimp and Tom or some other stupid form of Tom. Yeah. It was like Tom Ping Pong. Right. He's been on a he's been on a slow kind of ramp to this Tom now for a while. That's felt a lot more organic to me, and not just Tom of the week. And so I felt like it kind of zenithed here. And so I felt like it was time to give him the the co MVP, and of of course you know Jam in this episode. I mean, he he's the perfect foil for Leslie. Yeah, he got super creative and his interactions with with uh, <laughs> with Jan Sardane, you know, as as Councilman Hauser grabbing the gong, and he did more with his face than most people can do with dialogue. So, oh yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So anyway, a lot to like in this episode for we, sure. We won't beat that stick with this horse anymore. No, and, uh, no. In fact, we will. Prepare to come back next week with season six, episode seven. I'm sorry. In 30 minutes, we'll be back with season six, episode seven. Recall, Recall vote. vote. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, Mark, uh, you know what? We're really bad at this and we ask frequently, but I'm going to ask again. Today. Yes, please do. Please do the thing. Go out on the website thing and uh, the oh, what is it, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple yeah. Podcasts. Or the podcast platform of your choice. Yeah. Rank and review us. Please do. Yeah. You can yeah. do that on Audible. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on whatever platform you listen to. I think you can do it on Friendster. F- Friendster it did not come back, Mark. I'm sorry to say. Oh. 
Yeah, you what didn't get the letter. On? No, I know you I made a big I, cash in, investment, I, but sorry. I think I'm just on a Word document. Then I, I don't think I'm on Friendster at all. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Dot <laughs> gov. Dot creed thoughts. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I go there via my Netscape browser <laughs> from your floppy disk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, this week. We will see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Nice job, Mark. Um, so my third story was my B story. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, what's funny, actually, that's not true either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it right Take here. Take five. Boop. Take boop. All right, here we go.